0: Good morning everyone welcome to spin class we're talking politics your host michael friggin here on the knock Siegel seagull network knock and on the nsn app and my colleague bruce backman is uh we're di- we're practicing social distancing right now uh we couldn't make the zoom meeting uh work for this right now and truth be told this splendid isolation thing uh, it has its benefits. I seem to be able to do it at home, you know. Get the the cozy family environment. We got lots of kids hanging out at home of different ages. I get to be head of school for a little while. Get to kind of uh, watch them do their work. They've only got a couple hours of it per day, so they got to fill the time with other stuff. Schools are right now closed in 39 states. Okay, that's 39 out of 50 states. There's coronavirus in 50 states of the United States, and New York now has the most cases. So a couple points I want to discuss over that, and many of them are sobering. And many of them have to, or a couple of them have to deal directly with our community, our listenership, the community out there. But let's start with the idea, and I think it's right now accepted probably, and I'll go there, probably not by the people at the podium of the White House, although some of them, but the United States was slow to confront adapt, combat this virus, the scourge of coronavirus, and that Chinese virus thing, I don't even want to get into that. I find it to be absurd, the idea that we're going to blame, well, again, not even going to go there. I know people want to do it, and people want to But that's, let's wait till afterward. Let's wait till we figure it out. Right now, the challenge in front of us is not to determine whether Chinese people are responsible or the, the Chinese people, the Chinese government is responsible. The idea is to make sure that people don't continue to die and get sick and die. And I know it's a tough word to use, but. It's true. That's what's happening. People are, in fact, getting sick and dying. And people, even younger people, are getting sick. And a lot of the stuff that's going on around us, particularly in our community, it's, we've also been slow to confront what's going on and to realize that the only effective way, truly effective way of shielding yourself from exposure to CV-19 is to stay home stay home wash your hands don't expose yourself if you have to go out gloves mask i know it looks absurd i know it looks extreme but it's out there it's on surfaces other people have it there are many people walking around probably undiagnosed because testing has been slow and that's another issue but i don't you don't come on the show, you don't listen to the show to hear things that other people have said already, so I don't want necessarily say them but because of all this, and because it's been slow, we've been slow to confront, and initially the president downplayed the issue. There's no question about it he did even though this week he said he always knew it was a pandemic, okay. Um and they're gonna obviously, you know, we, we believe in spin here on this show, so we're not gonna not gonna dismiss the idea that you know that was he's gonna make good politics as he goes to re election and he's gonna do it. But the contagion and the level and the ability for this virus to get everywhere in a short amount of time makes our community, the From community, the Orthodox Jewish community particularly vulnerable. And we should have seen that coming because we saw it in New Rochelle, so many people getting infected in such a short amount of time. But we didn't realize they were all infected, of course, because they weren't getting tested. And, and what has happened is where we are right now, and that's essentially shut down. And I credit the... Uh, Rabbinical Council of Bergen County that really went out on a limb. Pretty soon afterward, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of connections between New Rochelle, Riverdale, Bergen County schooling uh, kids and both communities, professional connections, family connections, etc. And we see how easy it was that a doctor who lived in Englewood, whose brother lives in New Rochelle, went to a bar mitzvah and then went to CPAC. And prominent political activist, a guy I know well, wonderful guy, then was in the backstage at CPAC, the conservative political action conference put on by the American Conservative Union. And he met Ted Cruz and... Others, Matt Goetz, possibly Mick Mulvaney, and others backstage there. And it's amazing when you think about it how easy it was to transmit this. And yet, we kind of sat there, meaning here in the five towns, in Brooklyn, Muncie, Lakewood, curious y'all, sat there and said, well, we don't know anybody in New Rochelle, so therefore we're okay. False. Because everybody knows somebody who knows somebody. Everybody in the firm community knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. There is no such thing. You don't even get to six degrees of separation. This idea, of course, that everybody's connected within six degrees. Most people in the firm community are connected within two or three degrees at most. You can find somebody who knows somebody who's related to somebody, and that's it. And that's how easy it is. And now... We're sitting there and everything is closed. We have to close everything because you can't go to school. You can't go to school because this thing is so contagious that even if you were to disinfect the location every single day, there still would be people walking in who might not know that they're infected who might go ahead and make somebody else sick. And if you think about it, that people out there should be thinking to themselves is that I potentially could be infected. I might not know it. And I could unknowingly and unwittingly infect someone else. And that person could, even if I myself don't get sick, and I myself are not at risk, that person could be. They could be diabetic. They could have a heart issue. They could be a smoker. They could be, they could have some underlying medical condition that will cause them to be very vulnerable. And you don't know what those conditions are. So therefore, it's best to stay home. And we have these arguments pretty much every day on various chats. And I'm sure everybody else is having them as well. Well, I need to let I got to dive with a minion. Let's do outdoor minion. Oh, 12 people. It's okay. And I understand the motivation. I understand why people want to do it. They don't get the fact that you shouldn't even be interacting with other people at all outside of your immediate family. Limit the circle of contact that you have, and perhaps we can slow this thing down. Perhaps. I'm actually no question that we should. We do not want to be where Italy is right now. Italy, 35,713 cases. Almost 3,000 people have died. United States, approaching 10,000 cases. So, if we look at Israel, we see the draconian measures that they've taken. No foreigners, nobody, nobody can come. Nobody can move around. Everybody's quarantined. No gatherings of more than 10 people. That's where we are right now in New York State. I mean, the CDC guidance is now for 10 people. the governor and various counties have issued executive orders and we are now looking at we are now looking at the idea that you cannot or should not have a function of any kind. I know people saying, okay, restaurant, takeout, I could do a catering venue, I could go ahead and have an event. It's less than 50 people. That's the order here in Nassau County um, and or might do it. But New York State has taken the position that restaurants can only do takeout. There are no sit-down events permitted and people persist and they keep doing it. And then when the police show up, they call various us gun him or they call other people with protexia. And they want somehow to the, to let them continue on. And I hate to say it, and I'm going to... These weddings that are going on with people touching and being Miss and it's important, and it's continued, for we'll Klai as well to continue, and it's, uh, far be it from me, to paskin for anybody, that they shouldn't do these things, but if you're going to flout the law, we're going to flout these things, and it's going to be our community specifically doing it, we have to be prepared for the backlash. We have to be prepared for everything that we do to appear in the New York Post, or the Daily News, or various venues. And that is... That is important. So I want to say right here to everybody, and I'm speaking slowly and methodically and sadly about this, please, please, let's try and comply. We've already waited so long. Everybody waited so long. All the yeshivas in New York City waited until New York City public schools closed, which was, I think, a huge just miscalculation. I don't want to say it's an error, but it's miscalculated. They have different considerations. There's no reason we shouldn't try and protect ourselves. We are so much more socially dependent on one another. In Outside of the from community, who else goes to shul three times a day? Who else interacts with people so much? The same people over and over it just doesn't exist. In, in other people, they have their workplace, they have their home, maybe they have a, a favorite restaurant they go to, but it's a, it's a much more limited, concentric circle of people. And a lot of times they're on people they don't necessarily know. So I want to say it's we're particularly vulnerable to these types of social diseases, social spread of disease, I should say, for lack of a better word. So let's see how everybody's doing. Um, you know, kind of get out the scorecards. And meanwhile, meanwhile, there is still a Democratic primary going on. Um, election, some elections have been pushed off. We had an interesting uh, back and forth in Ohio where the governor wanted to cancel the primary. And a judge said no. And then he, then the health department said, well, declared a public health emergency. And then they ended up canceling it anyway. I mean, truthfully, I would not want to be voting in this type of situation. And New York is coming upon that on April 28th uh, for their presidential primary. We'll have to see on that one. But who wants to be voting? First of all, many of the poll workers are primarily elderly. Do I want to take responsibility for potentially infecting them? Awful. Or somebody, just think about it. Think about the spread that comes along with how many people are sitting around the poll sites. It's kind of unavoidable. So, look, so, so Illinois voted, and unfortunately, my good friend, Rabbi Yechiel uh, Mark Kalish, lost his primary—I'll get to that in a second—to um, get elected as state representative. He had been appointed in a extremely liberal district, and uh, it's unfortunate that he will not be— um, but uh, Joe Biden won. I mean, Joe Biden is winning everywhere. Joe Biden is cleaning up the Democratic primary. And I think a lot of that will be because people are trusting him, that he's the kind of guy who has the experience and the knowledge and the even keel temper to go ahead and attack a crisis. I'm not sure. I mean, look, I don't know. I, I, he was vice president. He wasn't president. There's a lot I don't like about Joe Biden. There's a lot that makes me uncomfortable about Joe Biden. But right now, I'm not going to criticize him because he's doing, you know, he's taking out Bernie Sanders. And I like Bernie Sanders a lot less. So it's, from my perspective, we should be very happy with that going on. Um, We did see, also in Illinois, a, um, also in Illinois, we saw a a moderate pro-life Democrat, Dan Lipinski, go down. And that was a Um, yeah that was (laughs) that was uh, definitely uh, interesting because you know it's as if that there is no room anymore for anybody who um, is not pro-abortion essentially um, in the Democratic Party and I think that's unfortunate I think that's kind of not smart with regard to the uh, uh, to the future of the Democratic Party but I can't uh, you know who am I to tell you uh, or tell them you know, how they should run? Anyway, Biden sweeps, um, sweeps the primaries. Florida, he absolutely destroyed Sanders. I mean, Sanders was thought to have a reservoir of support in the Latino community. Didn't happen. Um, I'm sure the Castro comments didn't help. His support of socialism doesn't help with a lot of Latinos there. Uh, Florida, Illinois, and Arizona. And it's basically an insurmountable 300 delegate lead. Now, the interesting thing is, of course, if you were the Trump campaign, you would be pummeling Joe Biden right now with ads and with uh, attacks. But they can't do that because of what's going on with coronavirus. And neither can Biden or Sanders really effectively campaign. So right now, so you have kind of this presidential primary which is kind of the peak of everything and turnout is depressed, nobody knows who's going to come out, nobody knows what's going to do and nobody can really campaign or attack it or or do anything politically, which is uh which is a quite incredible situation. Um you know, president definitely shifted his tone right now. Uh no question that his kind of uh initial discussion when he said, well, we have 15 cases. They're all going to get better. It's going to wash over all that hopeful rhetoric, which is nice, which is an idea, but it's so far removed from the reality of a global pandemic that you just, it's just, why say it? I mean, yes, we could hope that nobody gets sick and nothing happens, but the United States just did not mobilize. Now they are. Now we're doing it. But the United States just, not. it almost felt like this is Pearl Harbor, right? We got attacked and we were totally unprepared and now we're scrambling to catch up. And when you're scram- scrambling to catch up against something like this, I mean, we see other countries, South Korea, Singapore, some of those, Taiwan, they, you know, tested early. They got everything together, isolated people. And the problem is we can't, I, we either isolate everybody here in the United States or we isolate, you no know one because we don't know who has it because we haven't been able to test. And if you've tried to get a test and I've tried to help other people get tests, it's an absolute mess to try and do it. Um, and, you uh, you know they're now saying so maybe some of the testing has been ineffective, which is shocking but not surprising. And the healthcare workers who are out there, um, me, my fellow Hatzalah members being amongst them, are 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 spent, taxed. It's it's rough and it's really difficult to go out there, knowing potentially you're exposing yourself and then by after that to your family to something that is very dangerous. And the fact that the from community had to be essentially told and given, or the Hasidic community had to be given a White House phone call from uh, Avi Berkowitz telling them that it's time to get their act together and it's time to close down and it's time to start practicing what the whole country has been doing and to wake up what's going around them is a little bit sad commentary that that had to happen. Um, You know, our leadership should be in tune for, with knowing that if we're not gonna do it for ourselves, we should do it for others as well. And these are trying times, these are important times, an important time for the whole from community to come together and participate in combating this issue. And we're always so health conscious and everybody, it's kind of like the measles, right? We have we the situation where the same people who will go you know, 20 times to get the best doctor and the best specialist, and remember they don't believe the fact that things like measles and coronavirus are gonna hurt them. And nothing's going to happen. And I understand the concept that Khrush Baruch is going to protect us, but we have to do for ourselves as well. And now, just very quickly across the pond, what's going on in Israel, which is quite extraordinary. Um, We had the majority of the Knesset recommending Benny Gantz to be prime minister. President Rivlin was ready to do it, even though he prefers a a unity government. And I think there's been some talks about trying to do that, but they couldn't even agree on uh, Likud and... Chachov Lavan couldn't even agree on the makeup of the new Knesset after they were sworn in. What a mess. The speaker of the Knesset, Yuli Edelstein, uh, I don't know what exactly was the motivation, but he closed down the Knesset. He suspended the Knesset. Technically, I guess, or the discussion was that was for coronavirus. But unfortunately, um, Israel now has its own political mess, although they are doing quite an effective job, quite an effective job of quarantining and isolating and keeping uh, the numbers essentially low. Israel has not had a single death from coronavirus. And they've had it for quite some time and closing the borders and continuing to enact restrictions. And most of them are very difficult for us Americans who want to be in Israel and want to visit Israel. But that's the sad reality that we're in. Um, but politically... I think BB will just continue on. So that's what's going on. We have a stock market in free fall. We have economic activity essentially going to stop. And there's going to be a lot of pain to go around. Uh, Think about the restaurants around you. Think about the fact that they are probably not going to make it or they're going to have a tough time they still have to pay rent. We all have to pay rent. We all have to. A lot of us are not able to, certainly not make as much money this month as we would have last month because things are just not happening. And then the idea that we don't have, in a country like this, we don't have emergency supplies uh, at the ready. And then on top of that, the ripple effect from the economy is that our government, state, local, federal, are not going to have the tax receipts that they expected. And that's a financial cliff because they're also going to be spending millions, billions of dollars more to combat the coronavirus. So we're headed for very interesting times, profoundly changing times, crisis times, my friends. And uh, as a famous political politico said often, Rob Emanuel, former White House Chief of Staff, congressman, as well as mayor of the city of Chicago, said a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. We will see whether our political process, which has been very, very broken over the last couple of years, is able to rise to the occasion with regard to this political, with regard to this health crisis and come through for the American people. I hope they do for all of our sake. Be safe out there, my friends. Be safe. Please be cautious. The best, safest place to be right now is home. Let me say that again. As I signed off, the best and safest place to be is home. This is Michael Fragan here on Spin Class, here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs. <laughs>